Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic Human Media, featuring radio. TV, webinars, and live events worldwide. And today, presenting the debut show of Interviews with Authentic You, with your co-host, Michelle Abo, author, international speaker, also known as the Celebrity Numerologist, and Jeffrey Miller, author, international speaker, and also known as The Interventionist. And now, here's Michelle and Jeff. Enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon. Hello, Michelle, my lovely co-host. How are you today? I'm fabulous. Excellent, excellent. Here we go. This is the launch. We had a debut show where we just talked about the show here a few weeks ago before we both wound up in L.A. on business trips. And here we are on our live one-hour debut show, and this is going to be fantastic. Today, folks, we have with us a gentleman by the name of Matt Patterson, and I'm going to give you a little background. I met Matt oh, back last December, and Matt and I hit it off right away. We were both at an event in Los Angeles uh, to do a speaking with Mr. James Malachek, and we hit it off, and then we spent another four days together talking and spending some time together here just, just this past few weeks ago. And Matt has an amazing story. He's a dad, and unlike myself and a lot of you, we have children, and Matt's story is very moving about his children. What we're going to talk about today with Matt, and he's going to tell us and explain to us his story about his daughter, Emily. This is a father's inspirational story of a hurting family, an amazing little girl, and a mysteriously faithful God. Emily Patterson surely wasn't born perfect, so one might think. She was born with Down syndrome, and many would jump to the conclusion that that would have very little hope for a life with any significance. Two years later came the diagnosis of leukemia. With little hope remaining, turned to no hope whatsoever, so one might think. This is the story of how the life of one little girl, with all its perceived imperfections, has great meaning. Her loving nature and courage has touched the hearts of everyone she ever met. Emily also taught them all to value their very own lives, even with their many imperfections. And let's face it, folks, we were born with imperfections, every single one of us. Michelle, you and I, we've talked about that before in other shows. It's amazing. You know, some people say, well, I'm perfect. Here's a little girl whose mission on this planet was very, very short in duration and has touched so many lives. With that, we would like to welcome our very special VIP guest, Mr. Matt Patterson. Hi, Matt. Welcome to our show. Well, thank you very much. Good afternoon to both of you. It's great to be here. Well, we're great to have you with us. 
Awesome. Yeah, the, the story, Matt, I read the book. I read the whole book, and, and, and I ran over it again today. And i got to tell you, brother, uh, tears welled up in my eyes. This is a very moving story, and I know the inspiration behind the story and that that's happened since the untimely passing of your daughter, Emily. But I want to get into the beginning of it and, and have you tell us. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, people have said, "Oh, I can only imagine what that must be like." I'm not even going to pretend to say that. And Michelle, you, your mother, you know as well. What, what could we even say that could even begin to think, or anybody could ever say that would 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 compare to what you and your lovely wife Bonnie must have felt and have felt since during this journey, Matt? Well, it it, it has been a journey. That's that's for sure. Uh, I mean, we, we, we lost Emily 22 years ago. Uh, it's been a little more than 22 years ago. Emily would actually be 25 right now. And uh, it, it was, Emily was our first child. And I, as I explained in the book, uh, we were just absolutely giddy uh, to have our first child. We, we tried for about two years. And as fate would have it, you know, usually when you stop trying to have a baby, you have your baby, and uh, we we were just absolutely excited. I was convinced that we were going to have a boy, and I uh, had 897 boy names picked out, and we kept one girl's name in our pocket just in case we were asked in the delivery delivery room. You know, by the small chance that we would have a girl, we wouldn't be embarrassed that we didn't have a name on hand. But I was sure that we were going to have a boy. And so much so that uh, one of the, I, I guess I would call it humorous uh, stories in the book, was when Emily was born and she was uh, coming out, I mistook the umbilical cord for, for something else. And I uh, was... all that boo-boo number one. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was boo-boo number one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the nurse uh, appraised me of that was the umbilical cord and not something else. So... Uh, but I recovered quickly and said that I knew that, and 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 from there, you know, it was great. Uh, we we had a you know a little girl. It didn't really matter. We, I mean, as parents, all we want to know is that you know our daughter is is healthy. I, we always want to ask that question. Well, is everything okay? And we really didn't ask. And then the next morning, uh, we were brought in to. Uh, Bonnie's room. She went from a birthing room into uh, a, a patient room on the OB floor, and it was that time where I was told when I was coming in that morning with uh, some things from home that the doctor wanted to speak to us, and at that point it, he told us that they had suspicions that Emily uh, was born with Down syndrome, which was like a two-by-four upside the head uh, number one, I didn't know what Down syndrome was. I, I was in my early 20s. But my first thought was, things like this don't happen to us. This happens to other people. Right. We're, we're spectators to these kind of events. This happens to other people, not us. And uh, But after the initial shock, it, it wore off and everything was great. Emily was just uh, a ball of joy. Uh, it was... I mean, anybody that has a, a newborn is, you know, just, you know, overjoyed at having their child, and and we were, things were just back to normal. Just Emily, uh, just had an extra chromosome. Uh, 
and that's all Down syndrome is. And it's now just an extra. About that. I read that in the book, man. That's amazing information. And of course, not ever uh, as a parent, a father for many years, I've not really, you know, I, I will, I will add and interject here. I can feel for one degree. My mom and dad. I was the I'm the oldest, and I have my sister, and then. Uh, some seven years uh, younger than I, I have t- identical twin brothers who were born for all intents and purposes normal, um, and then in a very short period of time it was found out that they were in fact what we now classify as severely autistic. Um, mm. But back then, back then, you know, they had no idea what that, that was, so I, I have a sense of understanding of what a family goes through in circumstances like this. Um, certainly as a as a child in that family. Now here Emily was your oldest, so the other mm-hmm. family, you know, came after the fact. But what an amazing thing that, you know, we the pregnancies don't show this, you don't know anything, normal delivery, and then all of a sudden bam. And Precisely. I, yeah, and this this is what they call uh it's called twenty one the chromosome twenty one, is that what it is? Uh trisomy uh twenty one where it's basically we we have X number of chromosomes in our body, and chromosome 21, uh, she had an extra one, and that's all it is, is an extra chromosome uh, of the T21 uh, chromosome. So it, it, it didn't really, you hear all the doctor gobbledygook, you know, but it's going in one ear, you're just numb at the time. And when Emily was born, I ran down the hallway, and I was tossing out, yellow bubblegum cigars and life was good and called anybody and everybody that I knew and and then we find this out the next morning and had to walk yes the day before I ran down the hallway uh, the next day after we found out about Down syndrome uh, that diagnosis I walked down the hall and uh, called both sets of parents and uh, at that point it was somewhat traumatic but uh, it, it quickly changed to we were a normal household with a bouncing baby girl that, you know, cut her teeth just like every other kid, and and she was just a, a ball of joy. So life was life was good. And then two years later came came a diagnosis. Uh, we went to a military event that night. I was in the Air Force at the time. Even when Emily was born, we were in the Air Force, and we went to an awards banquet, and it was actually the first night we left her with a babysitter. And at this point, we now had our second daughter, who was Lauren. And she was only about five and a half months old at this time. And we we went out. We had a great, great evening and came home and noticed that Emily was running a slight fever, that her hair was a little damp. She was wearing a onesie. I just said, boy, she's running a little bit of a fever. And at this point, it was after midnight, and it was officially my birthday, so we we said, hey, I'm, sleep- I, I, I'm sleeping in tomorrow. It's my birthday. And I go, let's go to the ER tonight, and, you know, we'll get the Dimetap, amoxicillin, and Tylenol, and we'll, we'll come home, and we get to sleep in tomorrow. And we never left the ER that night. Actually, we were about to leave the ER, and we asked, hey, what are these little pinpoint dots on her leg and her arm? She had these little, it looked like just, almost like a freckle, or not even a freckle, just pinpoint dots. And even the nurse didn't know at that point, and they drew blood, and they came back a little bit later and said, you know what, the numbers were really weird. Something must have happened. Can we draw blood again? So they drew the blood, and they came back, and it was a little bit later, but we noticed um, in the ER that 
uh, a physician that walked in. We knew the physician. He actually went to our church, and he walked right by us like blinders were on. He didn't see us. I think he saw us, but he didn't want to see us. And it was at that point, just uh, not too long after that, we were pulled into an exam room in the ER and told that Emily had leukemia and that preparations were being made for a plane to fly her uh, to an Air Force Medical Center where they could begin treatment. And so it was so, that <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, you know, I remember, you know, reading that exactly, what you're saying, and, and I remember my kids having high fevers when they were young. And, you know, sometimes with a fever you get that, that little bit of a look there, that, that uh, pimple type of thing sometimes, you know, the red, the mm-hmm. redness. And I'm, you know, wow, amazing you guys really felt that, that, that you know, you had to get her there, you know, that, that, that wow. Well, I think it was a little selfish on my part because it was my birthday. But yeah. to be honest, if we would have just gave her some Tylenol and said, oh, she'll sleep through it, uh, most likely she would have not made it through that night. Uh, things digressed rather quickly. We were in Alabama at the time. They flew us to a medical center that morning, the following morning, to Mississippi. And uh, as soon as we got off the plane, they were starting blood transfusions and and platelets, and the ball was rolling very quickly. Next, and the morning after that, everybody's blood was drawn in our family to see if there was any matches for in case we needed a bone marrow transplant, which at that time, our now oldest daughter, Lauren, actually was an exact match in case we needed that. But they started, We the, the plan was laid out 100 days of chemotherapy, and uh, thus the, the roller coaster ride began. But it, it, it moved very, very quickly. Wow. Now, there's, there's a mention in the book, and something, again, Matt, I had no knowledge of, and it's, the, the book, I have to be honest with you, has been a learning experience to me as well. I mean, for anybody that has never really had any experience with a child with Down syndrome, you don't really know. You know, it's that old, that old adage oh. we use in coaching, you really don't know what you don't know. And until Precisely. you know it. And, and you know it because you, you guys have lived it, but there is a single crease theory across your palm? Yes, uh, the simian crease. Uh, well, when once Emily was diagnosed with Downs, I, uh, I was out to prove them wrong. They were going to draw blood and wait to get a confirmation. But while we were waiting for this confirmation, I was going to prove science wrong and say, well, my daughter's perfectly fine. And I know one of the things I said, well, what tipped you off? And uh, they they said the weak muscle tone was one where, you know, a lot of babies hold their hands up by their face and by their mouth where Emily did not. Her, her arms kind of drooped and sagged down. And But they also said, well, there's also she has a semi-increase. And on her right hand, most of us have like two lines on our hands and our crease that are going side to side mm-hmm. on our hands. And Emily had a crease, one single crease going, you know, east to west or west to east across her palm. Well, I looked at my hand on my right hand, and, well, guess what? I have a crease just like Emily's. (laughs) So I'm saying, well, you know what, you guys are wrong. Uh, You see, I've got the crease, too. Either I've got downs or she doesn't. And so I'm looking for any and all excuses to, to try and prove Mother Nature and the laws of science wrong. 
And in actuality, deep in my heart, I knew that she did have Down syndrome and had had to accept it. But, again, it, it really, besides the initial impact, uh, truly, we had to fight off some, you know, stares at first or or people saying, oh, I'm so sorry, where in actuality, I, I recently spoke to someone, and I wish this would have happened to me when it happened, where someone who had a Downs child came up to a couple that just learned that their child had Down syndrome, their newborn had Down syndrome, walked up to them and said, congratulations, where in actuality, you know, there was this aura of, I won't say despair, but uh, almost a grief, shall we say. And, and But after the first few days, life was good. Uh, we we were worried about that. Uh, there are typically some heart issues with Down's children. Uh, but we were fortunate enough that Emily did not have any heart issues. And uh, so we, we just moved on, and we were a mommy and daddy. Obviously, as Emily grew a little bit older, uh, she had some of the characteristics uh, of a Downs child, like almond-shaped eyes and you know pudgy cheeks and right. hands. But the one characteristic that all Downs children have is just uh, a heart full of love, uh, and uh, we we felt very blessed to have her. That maybe this was a blessing and not a mistake, because uh, your initial thought, well, this must be some mistake, because this doesn't happen to people like us. And in actuality, it, one of the biggest blessings in my life was to to have had Emily, although it was for only two years and nine months, uh, we we were very, very blessed to have her. She, she lit up a room. We would have hospital people almost say, well, who, hey, do you know who, what nurses have Emily tonight? I, I'm going to try and switch the schedules. We actually had medical technicians and nurses trying to swap swap rooms so they could actually have Emily, which okay. I thought was kind of cool. That's kind of cool. It, it's interesting that I, I can relate to what you're saying as far as most people would think it was not a blessing. In, in other words, it's, you know, why us? Why, why do we have a child? It's not, quote, unquote, as the book says, normal. But in, but in mm-hmm. retrospect, you were blessed with that child for a particular reason, because creation, God knows, whatever people want to call it, that, that has brought us to this place in time. Um, and we're not going to get into the religious discussion, because people don't want to. However, it, it, you know, regardless, um, there is one God, there's one creator, there is, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, believe, I believe there's a preordained um, system of knowing us, as human beings, mm-hmm. as spiritual beings, first and foremost, in a human body, that, mm-hmm. that are here, all here for a particular reason. We all have a mission, and each one of us has to carry the torch in that mission. You, Connie, were chosen, and it's my belief, it's my firm belief, mm-hmm. that you guys were chosen for that, um, as in our, our other parents chosen to have children with other disabilities. Um mm-hmm. And, and for things to happen in life as well. I mean, people say, well, why do, why do these bad things happen? Well, first of all, who's terming, who's terming, whose terminology is bad? Who's putting bad on this, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Things happen. Stuff happens. Life happens. 
And I read that somewhere in the book, life happens, and it moves on. And and regardless of that that happens, life still moves on. The planet still spins. People still are born. People are still dying every second of every moment of every day. And to take it as a blessing that this child was brought into your lives, even though such a short period of time, think of all that you went through, as you have, (laughs) certainly, but if people out there listening to this show today would just consider that, if you know somebody that's gone through these type of things, that, that children have, have a special needs issue, you've got to you've got to look at them and go, wow, you're blessed. You're blessed because you were chosen to have this child. As tough as it might be, and as many times as maybe they want to quit and they want to give up, and they just say, how can we continue doing it? You do it. You do it. Well, yeah. You definitely get an adrenaline, some sort of adrenaline, if you want to call it that. Uh, you know, were there days that, I mean, for the 100 days, I mean, Emily was in the hospital for 100 days. And Bonnie, once I was transferred from Alabama to Mississippi, and once the transfer took place, I was back at work. And Bonnie would stay during the day with now our five-month-old, Lauren, during the day, so she's caring for two little ones during the day. I would come and spend the night. I would sleep on a little fold-away chair that was in the room every night. I would bring my uniforms, and I would shower in the room. She had a private room, and we did that for 100 days. Every so often, the nurses would kick us out on a Saturday or something, and, you know, we'd go take a break, right? We'd take a break for a Saturday night, but for the most part, come Sunday, we were back at the hospital so maybe one day a week I would sleep in my own bed for the next 100 days. And then you were mentioning about, you know, these these things that are foreordained in our lives um, through God. And there's a, there's a scripture that always sticks in my mind that it's in Romans, I believe, and it, it says something to the effect we also have joy with our troubles because we know that these troubles produce patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. And a lot of people say, well, no, this is such a sad and moving story. I try to make sure that I get the word out that my story is not about grief. It, it, there are moments in the book that, that are sad, but I, I want to make sure that people know that my book is not about grief. It's about hope and that it's okay that we can smile and laugh through our tears. And I, I tried to write it that way or at least share my message that way that it's, we may we may be able to shed tears, but it's okay to laugh and smile through those tears at times as well. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, it. it wow. I, I'm thinking back in the book where I read, you know, talking back about people, Matt, and all that you guys have gone through, and this is a celebration of life. This is not I agree. a celebration of of the passing. Although the child passed, Emily passed, and she moved on to to be in a, back to a spiritual realm uh, with create with our Creator. Uh, but this is truly on her time spent here in this world, and the reason you again chosen was actually a celebration of life. And those hundred days specifically, in reading the story in the book, wow! I mean, today to you. Anybody reading the book, you might go, "Wow, that sounds like a blur." Well, it, it, I'm sure it was, as you said. You know, you're in the you're in the air force. You've got to get you know you've got to go physically go to go to work, do the duty, and spending your night on a folding chair. And 
during this period of time, another thing that really stuck out with me is those that don't understand. And there are plenty of people that have not lived anything to do with a child or had anything to do with a child with special needs of any manner whatsoever. Uh, going back again for a second for my brothers, I mean, they were born in 1959. So their age is up there. Uh, one is extremely severe autistic and lives in a home, and he's now blind because he beat himself profusely around the eyes because he couldn't stand not being able to communicate. And he didn't want to see. Now that he's blind, he can he can he lives with calmness because he doesn't see all that he doesn't understand and why he can't communicate. And who could even try to figure that out? Okay, I mean, I, it, it, I could not. It sounds like the worst thing in the world. The child beat himself about the eyes so badly that he that he ruined the retinas and he's blind. Well, he did. Huh. He's been blind now for over ten years. Um, wow. But he, but he does well, and he actually goes to a work program for the blind. Cannot communicate. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and then my other brother Scott does much better, and he goes to a work program and he can communicate, and he's he's much less severe. But again, people would say, "What a shame!" Well, yes, it is a shame. It is a shame, but for what reason? For what reason were these children born this way? For what reason was Emily born this way? You have seen that. Now you know and you perpetuate that in the, in celebrating the life of a child that was so special. But isn't it interesting? People, their first reaction, they don't see that or feel that. Uh, I remember also reading in the book where... You know, you're at the park or, or someplace, and you know the carriage, and Emily's in the carriage, and the lady came up, and and then oh, let me see the bundle of joy, and then as soon as she looked at Emily, she had like a, uh, you know, oh. people go to shock. They go to shock. <laughs> yeah. Goodness, what do I? What do I say right now? Um, yeah, um, that was that's that's one of those moments uh, that uh, I can still vividly. Uh, envision there are, there are certain moments. Uh, even the day we found out that Emily, they suspected when the doctor came into the room. Even though we were the only ones in the room, the physician and the nurse came into the room. They closed the door and then they pulled the curtain. Even though there's no one else in the room, so I'm beginning to think, well, this can't be good. Yeah, and I remember there's a vision where I see him. I can just see his hand. He was holding a clipboard with her medical record and sending it down on one of the trays, one of those tables that, you know, has wheels on it, uh, the table tray where you can eat, where they place your food, your tray of food. And I remember him setting it down, and it's just one of those visions that to this day, even though it was almost 23 years ago, uh, it, it still it still sticks with me, uh, the, the line, the picture of the line of people lined up outside the ICU. The, that's another picture that I'll never forget. It's just that for me is one of the most for, from the book and even trying to relay it I'm surprised I haven't broken down yet. <laughs> uh, that, uh, because for me that's a very emotional part. And, sure. But those are pictures of visions that I hold close. I mean for me in the book I describe how when I would work every day one of the things in my life one of my daily treasures was I got to rock Emily to sleep every night. We had yeah. a big oak rocking chair. And after she had bath time, get her hair combed up real nice, put her in a onesie and her pajamas, and I got to rock her to sleep. And I tell you, there's many times where I'll go into uh, 
you know, a Target or a grocery store and there's the baby aisle, I'll open up a bottle of baby shampoo and just take a deep whiff because the smell of baby, sh- uh, baby shampoo is still very vivid to me because her hair would still be wet while I'm rocking her and I could smell the wow. baby shampoo. And and then the last night we we were with Emily, uh, basically I got to rock her to sleep uh, one last time. Well, I'm sure, as, as Michelle can attest, with two children of her own, um, and not that long ago, Michelle, you know, yours, yours haven't aged that much yet. Um, mine are. Mine are older, and uh, my youngest is now 23. And But I still remember. I still can remember, and I'm sure you can, Michelle, as well, those those nights giving the children the bath and that's that new baby smell. And I don't know how many how many women have I ever heard say, oh, I just want to gobble them up? <laughs> yes. Absolutely, yeah. You can relate to that, Michelle, right? You just grab oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. And, or, you know, for anybody to consider for a moment that you would lose that child, that child would be taken from you, um, with, you know, born with medical. And then, uh, you know. So, anyway, we're going to be having a wrap up here shortly, Matt. Our show actually got timed into 30 minutes. We're going to have to have you back because this has been absolutely fantastic. Okay. And uh, I, I got to thank you so much for being with us, as I'm sure Michelle does. Um, we want to get back in touch with you because Michelle, as a celebrity numerologist, is going to do uh, the numbers, and we will get back in touch with you. And I, oh, I you know where to find me, big man. You know where to find me. I do, and thank you so much. I was I was uh, trying to push the buttons to click us into an hour, but in fact we we've got the half an hour. So uh, that said, uh, again, Matthew, thank you so very very much. It's been a pleasure. You're to have very you. welcome. Definitely have you back on. I we want to definitely hear more about what's happening with the book in the future and how things are going and how proceeds are are going towards uh, uh, helping with the cure, so to speak. And very quickly, if you tell people the best way to get the book. Well, the best way to, to get the book, uh, depending on what uh, format you would like it in, uh, you can go to Amazon. It's offered in paperback and in the Kindle version. Or they can go to my-emily.com or mattpatterson.me, M-E, and you can find paperback. There's all kinds of different versions. You can also get the audio book download off of audible.com, amazon.com, and iTunes. And I also provide on both of my websites an, an audio book CD. So right. they can find me any, in any which way in, in that method. Great. Well, we're off air right now, Matt, but we're going to continue on the record. Uh, we're, we're, so the archives of this show will continue here for a little bit. Um, because okay. I think, Michelle, if you'd like, I'd like you to jump in and let's talk some numerology here for a minute. Let's bring it in now uh, where we can go and record for a bit, if you would. Sure. You know, I was just taking a look at Emily's date of birth, and, uh, you know, I always, when I hear stories like this, I always say, okay, what's the reason? You know, why, what was the purpose of their life? You know, why were they here? And she's a seven. Her life path is a seven. So if you take someone's date of birth and you add each individual digit, you get a sum, and that sum represents what their essence was. Why, you know, what is their life path? What were they here for? What was their energetic pattern? So for her, um, it added to 34, and then 3 plus 4 is 7. So her base energy was a 7, and that's what she was here for. 7 is the truth seeker. 
It's also called the teaching learning number. So anyone who is a seven is always here to spread truth and wisdom and knowledge because that's what it's all about. It's always about digging deeper to find the deeper meaning in all things. And so I think for you to carry on her legacy and to tell her story was precisely what was meant to be because that's what she was about. It was about the truth-seeking. It was about revealing truth in a big way. And also on her birth chart, she has the arrow of great expression. And a lot of people who carry that arrow, um, a lot of great leaders carry that arrow. It is an energy that is just relentless in terms of wanting to express, wanting to share, wanting to um, do something in a big way or bring it into a bigger, broader um, spectrum in terms of the message. So definitely I think you are her, you're almost like an extension of what she had set out to accomplish. And I, I definitely think that, you know, looking at her number, she carries a lot of seven. Like, for example, her year is also a seven. And the year of birth, if you add up the year, it shows you the how. So how are you going to carry out your mission? It is your year sum, which is also a seven for her. But it's actually a particular seven, which is a very angelic seven. It's it's one of those energies that almost has fairy-like energy or like someone is sprinkled with fairy dust kind of energy. It's very magical. It's very um, special. And then if you add her month and her day, it shows you what her gift was. So as that truth seeker, as that natural scientist that's always wanting to reveal truth in whatever she does, what is her gift? It's the nine, which is the humanitarian. So it's always about selfless service. It's always about bringing uh, justice-seeking or to right the wrongs of the world, to show people what is true and real and whole and complete. So it's such a beautiful energy. She really does have such a great um, energy. But looking at her first cycle, um, if you look at cycles, in numerology we're always talking about cycles because uh, we go in cycles of one to nine. If you think about numbers, we, you know, any number in existence is created with the numbers one to nine and also zero, which is more of a symbol than a number. So we're always working in cycles of one to nine because those, those are really the base patterns of existence. And, you know, mathematically, everything can be reduced down to numbers. Numbers are kind of like the language of the universe. Even our DNA is numerical. So when you think about that and the cycles of one to nine and the fact that Emily was under a cycle of nine when she first entered, and she would have been under that cycle for quite some time, uh, probably up until her 20s if she had not had passed away. And so that nine was all about high change. It was all about being... Um, you know, in that change, bringing about change, uh, you know, showing others what, uh, you know, what that truth was, but in a very high change way. But it was also that humanitarian energy, too, being of selfless service to other people. So such a great energy that she had. I mean, really um, beautiful energy. But she also had a really good balance on all three planes. Because if you think of humans, we really operate on three planes of existence. We have the mind plane. We're either thinking something or we're also in the emotional plane, we're feeling something, or we're doing something in the physical plane. So we have three planes that we are working out of. And she had numbers, uh, a good balance. She had two of the three numbers on each plane of, of existence. So she had a really good balance there, definitely, in terms of uh, her expression and the energy that she carried. So I'm not surprised that everyone liked her because she had that balance that people just felt really comfortable in her presence and that she exuded that balance energy. Oh, that's that's very, very cool. That's so neat to hear. It, it was 
just ironic. It was, I mean, she was diagnosed on my birthday, at least diagnosed with uh, leukemia on my birthday, passed away on my parents' anniversary. And to this day, those days don't, <laughs> now that I've already passed 50, uh, birthdays I don't count anymore <laughs> to start with. But, you know, since uh, Emily passed, I I never really take much stock into my birthday anymore, which is March 11th. And, and my parents' anniversary, we, you know, I would call my parents and wish them a happy anniversary, but it's, that's about how far the car call goes because we know that that was the day that Emily passed away. And what was the year? Uh, it was 1987, right? Yes. She um, was born in no, 1987. Oh, that's she, right. Yes, she, and what was your... She, she passed away in 1990. 1990, okay. Mm-hmm. So September, September 7th, 1990, she was diagnosed on March 11th, 1990. Okay, so she was diagnosed on the 11th. And what's your birth date? March 11th. Oh, March Okay, all right. I wanted to see what that... Uh, wow, okay. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Wow, okay. So you have a really challenging chart, too. I mean, you, I mean, you must have <laughs> taken this very, very hard because you have the arrow of hypersensitivity. You're missing all of the soul plane numbers. You, uh, I mean, you're very hypersensitive on the the soul plane. Absolutely. I mean, it's something that is almost crippling at times because it's it's very overwhelming emotionally. A lot of people who don't carry any of the the soul plane numbers, they will box up their heart. They will keep people at arm's length. And I think that you know Emily probably broke through all of that for sure. I mean, without very a doubt. much so. I am quite the yeah. crier. I am a prolific crier. Yes, yes. I I have no doubt about that because definitely people who are missing all the soul plane numbers, they are just uh, so loving, so caring, but at the same time, they can appear to others as being very distant because they're they're very protective of their heart. But especially children, children and pets, they tend to be the ones that break the break the barrier. And when when I see people who are missing all the soul plane numbers when they have children, it's like all the walls come down. You know, they they really come down in a big way because they're safe to love with a, with a child. And so I think Emily really really busted your walls, so to speak, and uh <laughs> and got in there. Definitely. But you have such a challenging chart. You really do. I mean, you have a lot of isolated energy. Um you know, you have an isolated 3 and isolated 9. So not everyone gets you in terms of how you think, how you, you know, how you operate mentally, how you operate emotionally. Not everybody gets you, but um, you know, the select few people in your life that might understand how how you think and how you feel, um, you let them in. But uh, not everybody gets in, for sure. Uh, you have, a, I mean, really challenging. You also have the arrow of frustration, which is you set the bar really high in terms of expectations of yourself and other people. So when you set a goal, it's it's pretty high. You know, you definitely expect a lot from yourself, and you expect oh, a lot. You know from me very well. <laughs> everyone else, yes. Uh, and you also have triple ones, which is one is the verbal expression number. And so when we when there is triple ones, because the most balance is double, so anything more or anything less than double ones is unbalanced. And it doesn't mean that you can't speak well. It doesn't mean that you wouldn't be a great public speaker because it is the verbal number. But when it comes to expressing how you feel, 
um, definitely a challenge in that area to really lay it out there and say this is how I feel and this is what I need from you, those kinds of things. But again, you know, children like Emily, for example, would really just bust that wide open. There would be no um, no hesitance with expressing that for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that she passed on that day because I think it, it said a lot uh, in terms of you know, the energy that you had to break through in order to share her story, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's amazing. I'm, I'm hearing, I mean, all I had to do is put my wife's voice on your voice and uh, pretty much <laughs> it sounds like, <laughs> it, 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 I, you know, I've always been intrigued. I think before the show I mentioned I've always been intrigued uh, by this, so uh, my intrigue is now through the roof. Uh, if you think Emily busted out the walls, you just kind of busted out some walls for me as far as my entry about this. So that that's very eye-opening. But very, it, I, I chuckle a little bit just to the extent that, that it's so very, very true. Very true. Yeah, you're definitely meant to carry her legacy. I have no doubt about that because, you know, just looking at the two of you and the charts that you carry, um, you were definitely meant to carry her truth. I mean, that's just, there's without a doubt, that's what you're meant to do. So, You know, this goes hand in hand, doesn't it, though, Michelle, when we think about it. In the book, there's, Matt, Matt you've, got, you've got a very prominent statement about after you would, you know, plus prayed for remission, and you said, I believe with all my heart, Emily was sent to us for a reason. And now to take her was just too soon. Because you would, I, you were, you were looking at it like, no, 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 don't do this to me. You know. I, I was a little upset with God. Uh, when it was one thing to, okay, the Down syndrome diagnosis was one thing, but we moved beyond that. I mean. It was a joy. And then we get the diagnosis of leukemia and we're going, Jiminy Crickets. Yeah, really. And then and then I, I share the story of how the day we found out that she was in remission, which was a, a great celebration, although it was just chicken fingers and fries at Burger King. It was a big night. And then to hear that she relapsed, and now that she has relapsed, we're going to intensify the chemo by 40%. And to see the pain that she went through the first time through chemotherapy, now we're going to intensify it by 40%. And that's where I became a little bit selfish and was angry with God. I was big time angry with God. If you're a God, how can you allow a little child to not only be born with special needs, but we're not only going to make her go through chemotherapy once, but you know what? We're going to put her through it again, and it's going to be even more intense as far as the strength of the chemotherapy uh, to prepare her for the bone marrow transplant because that was the last option that we had and that we were going to begin preparing Lauren, who at that time now was only 10, 11 months old, and we were going to draw bone marrow from her to uh, try and save her sister. But as we began the chemotherapy, Emily had an infection. And and when you're intensifying chemo like that, uh, not only are your good cells 
getting burned. Not only are your bad cells being burned away, so are your good cells, your protective cells. She got an infection, and it spread very quickly. I wanted to go back to Michelle for a minute on the numerology, and i got to tell you, Matt, I, I, I have heard many readings from Michelle. Not not a lot, but many. Does that sound right, Michelle? Not a lot, but many. But I've heard I've heard enough to tell you that when she speaks, you, you, I, I get totally silent because it's like what she's talking is the God code. And I, I love how you interject that, Michelle, when you talk about numerology, that it's it's right down to creation exactly because it is higher, the entire chain of creation from the whatever started and however it started, however God chose to do that, bang or whatever it was, is all numerical. It's all numerical, every bit of it. So listening to Michelle give you your reading for your daughter, Emily, and then you, was like, whoa, does this not really all fit now? Michelle, thank you, because that is really spot on, I believe, and Matt, you wouldn't, you'd probably agree with that, that you know you've had this mission to carry forward as a result of the celebration of the life of your daughter. And well, I'm going to listen to Michelle from here on out. It's kind of like the old E.F. Hutton commercials when when Michelle speaks, everybody listens uh, because <laughs> Jiminy Crickets. Uh, that's uh, you've got my attention. That's for sure. You've definitely got my attention. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to add, um, Emily, the name Emily is uh, a 10, which is really beautiful because uh, our name is more or less our personality expression. So when we look at our date of birth, it's more about, okay, who are we on the inside? But when it comes to our name, it is more about how the world sees us. So when you look at the name Emily, it's a 10, which is called the Earth Guide. And the Earth Guide energy is an energy that leads through casual conversation. So it's not preachy. It's not, you know, preaching from the mountaintops. It's more about sitting with people and just being real and and sharing, um, you know, in a very grounded, earthy way. But the 10 really combines the energies of heaven and earth. So she really was kind of that earth angel, so to speak, because the, the 10 is the one at the very first number, one and zero. One is the verbal expression number, and it's the first physical number in numerology. It's the first number. It's the pioneer, the trailblazer, the number of new beginnings. It's the the first uh, grounded physical number. And then you have the zero, which is the symbol of the infinite or spiritual awareness. So the two come together, and it's like heaven and earth, right? So she, uh, in a lot of ways, was carrying that essence of earth angel energy, and people knew that. People sensed that about her. And a lot of people who carry the 10 as their personality expression, people are just drawn to them automatically, and people just, it's like moth to a flame kind of energy. Uh, Would that not answer answer exactly why during your 100 days um, in the hospital that so many people, Michelle, probably you'd be best to to say that as well. You know, I excuse not to say it, but... uh, you know what you're saying to relate to that. I mean, all the people that were there, all the people that lined up, that came were off duty, that came in and lined up to say goodbye to Emily. Amazing. Yeah, it was that Earth Angel energy. I mean, she just exuded that energy that said, um, you know, I'm, I have answers for you, or I have information for you. A lot of people sense that about the ten that they, you know, they're carrying. Um, so much knowledge and wisdom just within their being that people just love to be in their presence because they are almost like 
old souls or the wise sages and people just like to bask in that energy and uh you know, that 10 is a very powerful energy because it is a master frequency. Uh, in numerology, we have uh, four master frequencies, which is the guiding frequencies, the 10, the 11, the 22, and the 33. So anyone who's carrying that in any way is, uh, you know, somewhat of a guide, um, whether they're just tiny, you know, being two years old, or whether they're, you know, uh much much older it doesn't matter it's they they carry that and people are just really drawn to it it's almost like magnetic energy well i there's a story that that's actually in the book that until recently an intuitive told me there it's a part when we're we're on the plane emily's been diagnosed with leukemia now we're getting ready to fly from alabama to mississippi and i described that I that I was numb and I was just staring at the floor, and my eyes were full of tears and just staring at one rivet in the floor. And then I look over, I just turn my head to the side, and there's Emily laying on a gurney or stretcher, and there's tubes, oxygen masks, and she kind of tilts her head and and looks at me. And in the book, at least when I wrote the book, I always thought this look that she was giving me was, Daddy, help me. Why can't you help me? Help me, Daddy. And then an intuitive just told me late this past year, just early earlier this year, she said, did you ever come, did you ever come to the conclusion that maybe she was looking at you saying, Daddy, how can I help you? How can I help you, Daddy? Mm-hmm. Rather than, and, boy, talk about, Taking one upside the head with a Louisville slugger, um, that that just uh, was very emotional yeah. for me because now even hearing this from you today and hearing that from her, um, and actually it was more than likely that I was in error that she was actually looking at me saying, "How can I help you, Daddy?" Yes, and And I have to agree. Let me tell you, I have to agree. I don't want to interrupt you, but I have to say, she's Mm -hmm. a seven, which is, you know, they're always, they're very independent people. They're the most active physical number, so they're always about um, their way, right, or the highway kind of energy. It's like, you know, if you said black, they would go white. So, you know, if you had a chance to see her grow and grow up, it would have been, she would be very independent. So it wouldn't be that she was looking at you to say, you know, help me, it would have been, I absolutely agree with this intuitive that she would have been looking at you for that reason more so than anything else because that's the way a seven operates. They're very independent people. They're very, you know, they don't rely on anyone else. uh, They're all about truth-seeking. They're all about finding their own way, forging their own way. So it's not about that, um, you know, that kind of energy. They're they're so independent. They're so free in that way. So I would I would have to agree 100. percent Wow! Wow! wow. <laughs> this has been great. Very enlightening for sure. I, I will tell you, Matt. I'm also a seven, and Michelle has had her chats with me, <laughs> and uh, you know what code I what code I carry, which is the God code, and it is definitely turned me to an understanding and a realization of the path I really have on this earth. The the other side of uh, the date, uh, excuse me, the date and the time, the time that she passed was 12.54 a.m., Michelle. 
and I don't know if that relates in any way whatsoever numerically. I'm sure it does somehow, some way, but... Oh, uh, yes, nine. Yeah. Yes, it would have been a 12, a 12, three. So it would have added to 12, and then one plus two is three. This is a beautiful energy because it said that she was complete. She was done. Because 12 is the whole and complete number, and three is the number of unity. So whenever I see the 12, three together, because you can get a three in any different way. I mean, you could have uh, a 21, three, or a 30, or just a pure three. There's different ways to get to a three pattern, but when you have the 12, it's all about everything coming full circle. It's all about things coming together, everything completing. It's done. So there's without a doubt that, you know, this was her time and it was, you know, you you were meant to carry on her legacy and that was the way it was supposed to be. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well man that's, that's beautiful. Certainly, um a better understanding now than, than prior, I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh we we just don't know sometimes. That's the whole thing. We we live our lives in a human existence, and we don't understand the spiritual existence. We all think we're individuals, which we claim to be, of course, because we're individual humans born from a human. But in essence, we are spiritual beings in a human body with, as we've spoken about prior, missions to be completed, each one of us. It's those that walk around unconscious that don't get to understand that mission. They don't really see it because they're unfortunately in what we call ego. Uh it doesn't mean they're egotistical, it just means they don't know. And and again, what you don't know you don't know until you learn. And then they open their eyes sometimes and some people open their eyes at different levels of existence and, and consciousness. And that consciousness is something that Emily was fully aware of. She was fully aware of what her existence was on this earth and why she was here. You know, Absolutely how she touched you and Bonnie, and even and even your, your next uh, youngest daughter, I'm sure was uh, in many ways, um, in probably more ways than you even understand right now as a human being. And that's the amazing. Well, given this discussion today uh, has truly opened my eyes and my heart uh, to another to another level, for sure. That in an actuality, I, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, exactly. and and I was supposed to do it at a time. I mean, I waited 20 years before sharing Emily's story, at least in a more public method, and um, it's it's been one of the most uh, spiritually rewarding to to get emails from anyone and everyone from different places around the country as well as around the world and they hear how my little book or Emily's story has touched someone then in actuality I I think I've done I'm, I'm at least trying to do Emily justice uh, we all think that our children are are special and I I just felt at some point in my life uh this story this is still helping me uh as we were as we've already kind of come to the conclusion that I am an emotional sort and uh that I don't have a problem uh crying uh this is this is still good for me from a physical spiritual and emotional standpoint and i i just each and every day uh, 
not too many people get to wake up in the morning and say, boy, I love what I do, and exactly. I love what I do. Uh, would I love to have changed the circumstances and have Emily sitting next to me right now while I'm chatting uh, to you about her being maybe a cancer survivor or something of that sort. But uh, as you've said so eloquently that Emily's life had a certain time period and has a, had a mission, and I'm just trying to carry it on and share it with whomever will listen or read. And uh, I, I enjoy what I do, and it's very fulfilling and strengthening for me. There are days that I'm more emotional than others, uh, for sure. And as the music was playing at the beginning of the radio show that we've we've started is I'm saying, okay, um, I I can tell usually before an interview how I'm going to be <laughs> on an emotional standpoint. I thought I was actually going to be uh, a lot more emotional, so I'm glad that there have been moments where I've been able to, while you're both sharing and and speaking that I've been able to uh, put myself back together. <laughs> well, God bless you. You've done very well. Yes, you have. <laughs> uh, Matt, I wanted to ask you as well, um, your year. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned that Emily passed in, in 1990, but what was your year of birth? 1962. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. Yes, uh-huh. Okay, so, yeah, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you are very emotional, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's great that you wrote a book because um, you definitely have the arrow of the intellect, which is uh, an energy that most people who carry the arrow of the intellect, they're very great at writing. They're usually very great at um, expressing on paper more so than they are verbally. So what I mean by that is that, yes, you could speak well, in terms of public speaking, no doubt. But when you write, there is a piece of you that is lacking when you speak verbally, if you know what I mean. Uh, mm -hmm. There's more. I, I just want you to call my father. <laughs> I want you to call my father and say I've got the sign of the intellect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? People who have the arrow of the intellect are very intelligent people. Not much gets past them. They're very quick. They're very intelligent people. Uh, they tend to have higher IQs. They're just very, um, you know, mentally dominant in that way, but definitely great writers, without a doubt. So, um, you know, writing a book would have come naturally to you because you just expressed yourself better on paper, without a doubt, for sure. Um, there's always that extra piece of you in there, that emotional piece, that might not necessarily come out verbally, but it will come out on paper. Well, that's great. I'm going to tell my dad tonight that I had the arrow of the intellect, and once he's done laughing at me... <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic, and and again, Matt, it's been great to have you on. We've been actually in record mode for the for the final half an hour of the show, and those that that are listening to this in archives after the fact, which will be all our friends, and all those that were working and couldn't get to the show, um, I'm glad we were able to do the record and continue on and push it through. It wasn't live, but I'll tell you what, it's the next best thing. Uh, absolutely. And this has been absolutely fantastic, uh, Michelle. Thank you for the for the reading because every time I hear one as well, uh, I, I just it, uh, wow, what a blessing, what a blessing. Uh, I can't I can't echo that enough. Very much a blessing. Thank you so very very much, Michelle. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure.
And uh, this is what our show is all about. Michelle and I have teamed up with AuthenticQ Media, and we've got TV, and we're going to be doing webinars, uh, live events. Uh, and, and what she and I are doing with this show is, is uh, getting that authenticity out there and going and speaking to people like you, Matt, that really live with authenticity. Uh, it's the only people we really want to talk to. No offense to anybody else. This is, this is what it's all about. So we have uh, called our show Interviews with Authentic You. So this is I'm very grateful. Very grateful that you would even consider me very humble. Thank well, you very much, Jen. Thank you. And, you know, there's a, there's a term I use in a little group I have on Facebook. It's called Gift What You Need. And that is what you do, my friend. You gift. And when you gift, you receive. And it's all part of that, that what you're supposed to be doing. It's part of what we're each supposed to be doing. It's altruistic, as they say. It's from the beginning of our inception as humankind that we're all supposed to be giving to one another. And when we do, that circle, that sacred circle is completed and then we receive. So as you give the story of your daughter, you also receive. As people give, Michelle gives in her numerology and that that she does, and she receives because she gets back that which she's giving multiplied. So each time you go out and you talk and, and get on stage and talk about that that you talk about with Emily, you are also receiving. And you're receiving in multiples, which then gives you that replenishing. It's like the water well. If it doesn't get replenished sometime, it doesn't have any more water to give. So we are constantly giving, but we're constantly receiving, and we're, and we're receiving more so that each person, when it goes around the circle, gets and receives. And there's no ego attachments to that. People say, oh, I can't do that. I can't give. I can't receive because that's, that's not right. It is right. It's what's normal. It's what was meant to be. And that's where our society is going to start getting back to. It's one of our problems in the universe right now, on this planet at least, is that we don't do that generally. But there is a good group of us, and three of us are right here, and there's a lot of us listening today that will listen to this show that will recognize that, that authenticity. And it's the reason that Michelle, had, well, Michelle, every time I think about it, you know, authentic you is the reason, the story behind why she named uh, our whole Everything we do, authentic you, media, TV, radio, live, you know, live events, uh, webinars, it's, it's all about authenticity. And the people that walk and talk that, Matt, are the people I seem to be meeting these days. Thank you, sir. Uh, and I'm, I'm blessed to know you and to have, have your friendship at this point, and, and as well as I'm sure, you know, when, when you hear Michelle talk about what, you know, it's like, wow. <laughs> well, I can't I wait to meet her in person. I can't wait to meet her in person. I'm going to well, give you a big bear hug. That'll that'll <laughs> happen in L.A. before you know it. Oh, good. Yes. Good. Well, great. Well, again, thank you. We're going to wrap it up, and I want to thank okay. again Matt Patterson, our very, very special guest for being with us today, and Michelle, my co-host, Michelle Abo, the celebrity numerologist, myself, Jeffrey Miller, the interventionist, and Michelle and I also do speaking events. Matthew is also, and I'm calling you Matthew now, like your mom, Matt. He, Matt, Matt. He's available for speaking events as well. If anybody out there knows of anybody that has heard this story today that certainly would love to have Matt speak to your group, uh, please do so. Please get in touch with him, uh, and, and this, this will go to archives. And it's our first official, official interviews with Authentic You, and we're very proud to have had you with us today, Matt. Thank you so much. Well, thank and, you, Jeff, and thank you, Michelle. Thank you. You're welcome. Again, thank you for being with us. Uh, on behalf of myself, 
Jeffrey Melody Interventionist. We're so happy that you've joined us today and listened in to this our show archived. Uh, we will be with you next week live with another great show with Lisa Lockwood. Lisa is known as the Undercover Angel. She has an exceptional story to talk about with you, and it will be all about that that she lived from her humble beginnings on the streets of Chicago, growing up through the military, becoming a marksman, coming out and becoming a Chicago police officer, going undercover, and the stories that go behind that. And now Michelle uh, and I will be back with you to talk to Lisa next week, the Undercover Angel, Lisa Lockwood. So thanks again for being with us on the staff of Authentic Human Media. Have a lovely day. Thanks. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.